to the Tears Net Weekly Podcast, a totally free and independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans, where our content is always absolutely free. And as we all know by now, it's not just a podcast that we have here at Jersnet, but if you head over to the website at www.jersnet.co.uk, you'll find a whole host of other great content, including articles, social media, a very informative history archive, and the friendly discussion forums. Please do head over there if you've, uh, if you've not checked that out just yet. Um, the pod is going out live. It's, it's just gone 9.30 on uh, Sunday, the 8th of August. If you're joining us live, then thank you very, very much for giving us your evening. Um, Frankie's sitting in the comments on YouTube. If you have any questions, anything you want to say, please do get involved with the show. If you're not joining us live, remember that the show does go out uh, for download every Monday morning. That can be found wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, iTunes, sorry, Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Caster, Castbox, Stitcher, and also Spotify. I've read that list so many times, you think I could do that without making any mistakes. Um, if there is anywhere else that you get your podcast and you can't find us on there, please do let us know and we will see what we can do. Today on the show, we're going to be talking Malmo, we're going to be talking Confirmament, and we're going to be giving a masterclass in turd polishing after yesterday's game. Speaking of turds, allow me to introduce my guests for this evening. Um, first of all, Alec Anderson. Alec, you're a, a late substitute today. You're the, the Alfredo Morelos of the show. Um, welcome along. How are you feeling after yesterday? Uh, yes, turd is, uh, is, is opposite. Fat, smelly, that's me, just... Uh, Despite all my pounding up and down the uh, Holiday Inn car park this week, you know, um, but the Holiday Inn have sent me the bill for the, the damage to the tarmac. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty much like everybody else, mate. Like the weather, it's pissing down in Glasgow um, and feeling a bit down. But I think uh, hopefully it's all going to it's all going to turn around on Tuesday, and maybe we can help people feel a bit more optimistic about things. But who knows? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, also joining us this evening, very very pleased to welcome back Doogie. Dougie, I understand that you spent the day playing crazy golf. Is that you trying to find a new hobby because you're putting football behind you? Anything to distract us from yesterday, Ross. Um, but I'm delighted to be back on Jersnet for another season. My thanks to Frankie for having me on again. Um, but I'm afraid I won't be my usual cheery self as like Alex. I'm feeling a little bit blue, as I'm sure many of our fellow supporters will be this evening. Yeah, Absolutely. I guess there's there's nothing else to do but kind of dive into this and and, and you know maybe it'll be cathartic and we can we can go over the, the wounds and then put that to bed. Alec, we've been unbeaten in the league since March 2020 uh, by my calculations 521 days, um, albeit with a fairly hefty COVID suspension in the middle of that, but uh, still a hell of a record. Um, and that's that's come to a close yesterday with defeat away at Dundee United. Um, not the opposition that I would have picked top of my list if I wanted to lose that record. How disappointed were you to see that event come to an end? Yeah, pretty gutted. Um, I, never happy to see Rangers lose. I don't, I don't remember ever being uh, anything other than gutted by any Rangers defeat. And um, of all the stupid things that get through your mind, um, mine was... I think the first one was 40 is a nice round number. I don't know what that means. That's that's fine. The other one was, uh, unlike yourself, I thought, well, Dundee United is actually perfect. Because I thought if, if the run had to come to an end anywhere, there's there's three other grounds I would, uh, you know, I've hated losing that more. You know, yeah, Parkhead, Pataudry, Easter Road. And if you go below that, though, losing to any other opposition, maybe with the exception of Hearts, would actually be kind of embarrassing, you know, if you're losing it, maybe at Livingston or whatever. So, I think I spent. I think it's part of the numbness of processing this. I do have a wee thing where I'm sitting for a good half hour to an hour after the game, thinking, "Yeah, that's fine. Just time to applaud Rangers for having a, a fantastic run. I had to come to an end sometime. We're we'll probably got our minds on Tuesday. 
Um, as I say, it could have been it could have been much worse. I remember Celtic's long un- long long unbeaten run in the league. They ended up getting tanked for nothing at Tynecastle, so we've not done that. And I was feeling all very kind of calm and collected. And then I think there was a fly get into our living room at about tea time last night, and uh, I completely lost my shit. You know, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I was swinging about. You know, about what Alfie tried to score yesterday. I was uh, swinging about with a, a, a magazine trying to swap this thing and all getting anywhere and, uh, and and shouting and swearing so loudly the whole street could hear me. I think that was it eventually kicking in that I'm absolutely gutted that the run has come to an end. Yeah, disappointing one. Dougie, it was um, a lacklustre performance, to say the least, a lack of urgency, a lack of composure, um, a lack of an ability to pass a ball more than five yards. What was your immediate reaction to the, the performance as opposed to the result? Um, I, I think I would just echo what Alex said before I go on to the performance. Um, very disappointing. Um, you've made the reference here around the 521 days since our last defeat. Um, it was a 41st match, 40th match. Um, but that's the second of this season. And for me, that's all that counts. The, the other games are in the past. We need to focus on, on this season. And I think that's why a lot of people are disappointed because... Um, with Celtic losing their first game of the season against Hearts, we had a real opportunity to get some points to the board before the Old Firm game and then an opportunity early on in the season to get six points ahead of them in the season and that would have put immense pressure on Celtic and immense pressure on a new manager and you can see um, with their result tonight how quickly the mood can change in Glasgow. Um, all of a sudden it's Rangers fans that are um, on Twitter calling for players like Tavernier to be dropped and Itton to never play a game before again in his, his Rangers uh, career. Lundstrom doesn't have it, he should just go now. Um, so, you know, it's not like the Rangers fans to, to blow something um, out of proportion. Um, which which leads me on to my, my next point, which is it was our second game of last season as well um, against Livingston, where we were equally as lacklustre um, and we dropped points. I think the difference is last season, we just had that that knack of, of grinding out results. And I think that's that's what lacked um, against Malmo and it's what lacked again against Dundee United. We just don't, we just didn't see it out. Um, onto the, the performance itself, I think, I think there's a lot of um, contributing factors um, for both Malmo and Dundee United that need to be considered. A lot of people are just, are just looking at it in black and white and seeing that Dundee United beat Rangers and, um, and, and, rightfully um, calling out that it's that it's not acceptable. Um, but there's some massive factors. Um, for me, match fitness is, is a huge factor. Um, it was a huge factor against Malmo as well. Um, I've seen somebody comment on, on Twitter um, after the Malmo game that by this point in the season, we've usually had a number of um, Europa League qualifiers, qualifiers to go through, which are played at a much greater intensity than, than the friendlies. Um, you know, Real Madrid when they came, we all really enjoyed the Real Madrid game. Um, but for them, it, was, it, it wasn't your usual blood and thunder game of football. And I think when you, when you go into the SPFL and you're playing against a team like Dundee United, they threw everything in the kitchen sink at us. Real Madrid just didn't do that. So it's, it's very different when you go from pre-season into competitive football. Um, and I think you've got to give Dundee United credit for their performance. I thought they did play very well. Um, but around the match fitness element, a lot of our players um, were on international duty. They were away in the Euros, they were away in Copa America. Um, a lot of our big players are, are, are not matched fit at the moment. Um, even, even some of the players at Kent, I thought Kent was, was uncharacteristically poor again um, against Dundee United. 
Um, and he was injured during pre-season. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, his only minutes on the pitch um, was the time against, I think it was half a game, 45 minutes against Tranmere and then the game against Real Madrid. So you're, you're talking about guys that haven't played a lot of football getting into the season. And when you when you looked at Malmo, obviously right into their season, they were they were bang up for it. And when you look at Dundee United, I think they, they were right up for it. We all know our, our, our newfound rivalry with Dundee United. Um, they were really up for it. And, and unfortunately, um, with their players not being away in the international duty, um, having a full pre-season together, I think that really showed. Um, but I think we need to talk about squad availability as well. You know, when you look at Malmo, Malmo had a full-strength team available to them, as did Dundee United. We quite simply didn't. Um, when you look at the Malmo midfield, in particular, I'm going to just focus on midfield. Um, Malmo, we played Davis, Arfield and Lundstrom. I don't think we'll ever see that midfield three ever again in a Rangers jersey. Um, and when you look at Dundee United, we, we had Davis, Kamara and Lundstrom. And for me, the biggest problem came from midfield. I think it was far too passive. I think all three players, um, maybe Davis aside, were looking for the side-to-side passes, not not really putting the ball forward um, into the front line at pace. And I think that was a huge problem. And I think a lot of that actually lay with Lundstrom. My assumption on, on Lundstrom is that he is a number eight. He's a box-to-box midfielder. He was very, very deep against Dundee United. Um, and he slowed us down. He had a very poor performance. But for people on Twitter calling Lundstrom out already and saying he's not good enough and he shouldn't play again is, is criminal because this is a guy very early in his career at Rangers. It's a different style of football, a different pressure. Um, he needs to adjust, but he needs to adjust quickly. Again, across the other side of the city, you can see their new players are hitting the ground running. Our new players need to hit the ground um, a lot quicker. Um, but on the midfield, um, I've been quite vocal throughout the summer as to our recruitment. I think a lot of people have been really happy with our summer because um, we've managed to retain most of our key players. When we look at our squad last year, I think we lacked um, a central midfielder and I think we lacked a right winger. We obviously added Lundstrom. There was talk that was a replacement for for Zungu. Um, But there was a lot of rumours about Joey Veerman. And I just want to talk about Joey Veerman for a second because Joey Veerman is a very different type of footballer to the the three that played against Dundee United. Joey Veerman's a player who who can play through the lines from midfield. And actually, if you look at his performances at Heerenveen since Eredivisie started, he scored two goals in two games. I still think we're lacking a midfielder. And it's it's it's, it's probably a bit unfair given um, there's a lot of talk about finances at the moment and COVID. You see the situation in Barcelona and Inter Milan. It's probably a bit unfair for, for me to sit here and say I expect Rangers to go and drop £7 million on a, on a central midfielder. But when you, you hear a name like Joey Veerman being linked to the club and you go and you look at his YouTube, I get very excited about Joey Veerman. And when I looked at that performance, I just thought we were lacking a Joey Veerman. Um, and I think it would have been a very different game if we'd added a bit more quality to the team. So I think even at this early stage, I think I'm questioning um, our signings. I'm questioning our pre-season, playing against teams like Real Madrid and not having that, that real intensity. Um, but I do want to just finish off by talking about um, up front. Obviously, um, we started with, with Etten up front against Malmo. Um, Etten's a very nice guy. I, I think Etten's a decent footballer but he just doesn't lead the line the way that Morelos does. He doesn't have that killer instinct the way that Morelos does. And I think when Morelos did start, which was a shock, and I know we're going to come on to it, um, 
I think I think immediately he showed he had a real goal threat. He led the line very well for us. But it goes back to my earlier point around around match fitness. Morelos and Aribo in that front three tired very very quickly. I mean, your midfield three aren't creating a lot and they're not playing through the lines a lot. You then need your, your front three to be dropping deep on collecting the ball. And they, they, they couldn't do it. You've seen, particularly later in the second half, you've seen that they just couldn't do it and therefore Morelos went off. So I think context needs to be added to the Dundee United game. It's poor, very poor. But I think fitness-wise, we, we have a lot of catching up to do right now. Um, there's a, a blame on Morelos as well because Morelos came back late from the Copa America from Colombia. I think we need to put that narrative in the bin. Um, most international players are given three weeks holiday um, after an international period. Morelos was back within two and quarantining within two. Morelos is from Colombia. He's um, got a young family, he's got a newborn. I think it's fair to accept that he took the opportunity to go back and see his family in Colombia um, to show his newborn, see his family, not knowing when the next time is that he can travel to a country that he can't fly directly from at the moment from Glasgow, given that they're they're on the amber list. So I think we need to put that narrative in the bin. He's here now. Let's make sure that we get some of these players up to speed and get them up to speed very quickly. Um, massive game on Tuesday. It's a must win. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're absolutely right in terms of the state and the shape of the squad. And whether that's, you know, injuries, Yanis Hachi injured, um, would have had a, you know, definitely had a role in, in yesterday's game. Um, we'll, we'll come on to talk about Morelos and, and, and Ruth in a moment, as you say. Um, I think I'm right in saying, I, I don't know all of the details around this, so I won't spend too long on it, but I think I'm right in saying that Lundstrom made a comment to Sky Sports before the game about, an impact of COVID and certain players having to isolate in pre-season. I think the pre-season thing, you know, pre-season is always slightly distracted by we're getting Real Madrid in for 150th anniversary celebrations. And I get I get that. So that has an impact. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. In terms of the, the shape of the squad, who we have available and, and the targets that we have, you know, the, the name Joey Vierman doesn't come from Bolga. Clearly the club were slash are interested. But I think that there will be ramifications of whatever happens in Europe for us, right? The transfer window closes at the end of this month. The last Champions League qualifier is the 25th of August, I think. So there's almost almost a week. Then we'll know which players are staying and then which players need to be replaced, how much money we've got to do that and, and so on. So I don't think that this is necessarily the end of our recruitment, but also, you know, your reference to holding on to key players. If we don't make the Champions League, there's, there's no guarantee that we hold on to those players. So we will see. Um, Alec, one of the, the the biggest concerns for me yesterday, and whether that's down to a lack of preparation, a lack of fitness, a lack of sharpness, was the underperformance of certain players. John Lundstrom absolutely, uh, in, in my opinion, underperformed. Connor Goldson had some some scary scary moments, and I thought had some scary moments against Malmo as well. Cavanier wasn't his his usual self, um, and and as as Davy says there, Ryan Ken just just seems a world away from where he was at certain points last season. Given how early we are into the season, um, but with the crucial fixtures that we have this week and, and coming up over the rest of the month, how much concern does that give you that the key players are not performing? Yeah, um, I, I, I would be concerned if we hadn't won the league um, at a canter last season. Um, it wasn't at a canter, and a game by game basis, it wasn't at a canter. Um, but the, the, the end result 
you know, just I, th- I think that's got a lot to do uh, with the likes of yesterday. Rangers play in a, in a way that can be, we really need to be committed to it. We're quite a cerebral team. I think we're, the, the way we play the game, the way we're set out, it needs an intensity of purpose um, and performance. And that's that's obviously what Doogie's referring to. That, that, that goes with what Doogie's saying about um, a, a lack of fitness. He's also, Doogie's also quite rightly mentioned it's well, like 51 weeks ago, I think it was like a one week earlier uh, last season where we had the nil now at Livingston. Um, and I feel as if we don't really know, um, I, I don't know what they, what they do fitness-wise at, at Ibrox, but we are a tremendously fit team. Um, even We're going to talk about the Malmo game, the first leg. Um, but we're playing a team that were mid-season and by the end of that match they were pinned into their box by a Rangers team that's still getting its fitness and the kind of cliched example for an old guy like me is Alec Ferguson's Manchester United who would always have dodged results at the beginning of the season but it's because they'd absolutely killed themselves pre-season and so when it came to you know November, December, January they were they were just taking, they were just running away. They started to pull away from everybody, everybody else. So it may be the, the level of fitness training that we're getting, because we know Stevie G is seriously intense um, with how he prepares his players, what he expects from them. That's, that's, that's maybe seen an early season kind of yeah, a lack, that, that lack of fitness. Um, I think John Lundstrom um, is a bit, you're talking about he's, he's this season Zungu. That could be quite literal. I, last season, I remember the, the game, Zungu made his debut against Hamilton Ackies. He came on for the second half. We're 4 nothing up at half-time. Um, and Zungu was pinging balls left, right and centre into the far corner. And I was thinking our players weren't getting to them because they weren't ready for this level. This guy was taking us to the next level. You know, he was going to up the intensity. Um, and we know how it actually it turned out. He was actually just being inaccurate with his passes. And... Um, an idiot like me who's, you know, as Doogie will know, uh, I heard him calling the other night talking about wanting to get out of goals at fives. I played fives with Doogie, which is a kind of misnomer because I just wanted to go in goals. I was, <laughs> so I don't really, to, to an idiot like me, football-wise, Zungu being spectacular in what he was doing made him look like a great player. But I soon found out that the likes of Steve Davis and Ryan Jack make it so simple. They do, they, they're, they're turning circles infinitesimal compared to a guy like Zungu. Um, that they that you don't actually appreciate that they're, they're so much better, and we soon found that out. And I I had the same feeling last Saturday watching um, watching uh, our new man Lindstrom against Livingston when I thought he was fantastic. I thought he made a difference when he came on because he was up in that intensity. He was he was getting those little kind of impersonation of those little passing triangles that Ryan Jack can get going with Kamara and Davis. When we, but I think when this Rangers team is at its very, very best, like when they're the woodwork, Ryan Kent hit the woodwork away from going four-one up at Benfica. When we're very best, it's because we've got Ryan Jack, Steve Davis, and Kamara moving the ball. And I thought Lundstrom was was actually going to be a guy who could stand in for Ryan Jack. The way he played in that, in particularly the last ten minutes against Livingston last week, the next two games I've I've kind of proved why I put him. I put my assessment of him into what I was calling kind of Koulibaly quarantine. We don't, you know, we'll not get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, I thought it was hard done by on Tuesday night. He was caught between, there was, there was two guys free, two Malmo players free in the box. There was one in front of him, there was one behind him. He was stuck, he was literally hung out to dry. I thought with that one, he was unfortunate. Yesterday, he's got nothing to do except track his runner. He's, there's, there's, there's no more important job from, there's no other job in that, in that phase of play 
for him to do other than track that runner. Um, and he hasn't, and it's cost us. It's not just him to blame, obviously. I think a game like yesterday, a team like Dundee United, that is how they'll score. They'll need to be a big deflection of Steve Davis spinning the ball into somebody's path, even when we're playing as poorly as we did yesterday. Uh, but I think our intensity would mean that that was Dundee United's consolation goal yesterday. If we have it up to our normal, our normal tempo. I think it's Tuesday night, boys. I think it's all about Tuesday. I think that might actually have drained from the performance yesterday is what the players know that they've got to put into the game on Tuesday, which I think hopefully when Stephen Gerrard leaves in 10, 15 years' time after a trophy-laden career as Rangers manager, we'll maybe see there's other games that are more important, but I think this is the most valuable game so far uh, in, in, his, in his Rangers career, his Rangers manager. It's the first Champions League tie we've been involved in for a decade. There'll be bonuses at play, and I also think all the negotiations that are taking a wee time with various players' Contract renewals are posited on whether we are, in, are playing Champions League football or Europa League football. Um, I feel as if that might have actually taken it. If you, if you have to put so much effort, and if you know you're going to put so much effort into a game, which I'm no doubt the whole club from you know the chairman downwards is, is pointing out to the players how, into them, how important it is. And also when you have the emotional explosion there's going to be of having a full Ibrox again. And I think these players, I think these players need to be celebrated. I think they still need to feel celebrated for what happened last season. It's a really strange situation to be in. I think the fact that they, they never got to do a lap of one in front of a full crowd, it might seem it might seem like spoiled behaviour or whatever, but the effort they put in last year, what they did to not actually feel the love of a full Ibrox, um, I think that's something that's that's weighing in their mind. It's kind of it's like if you don't get drunk after a great night, you know, you don't really you don't get drunk after a great performance or whatever, you don't have a great result. You don't really let it soak in. And I think that's what's happened as well. I think there's so much going on in their minds, in their legs, uh, that I think it bled into yesterday's performance. And I'm 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 the world's biggest jinx with Rangers. I'm I never, can never predict anything positive, but I can't help feeling I think we all felt the same when we got the news in on one day. Oh, sorry, uh, Wednesday, there was going to be a full house um, this, this this coming Tuesday. We all thought, we're going to blow this team away. I think it could be absolutely massive. Um, and I think, I'll actually, I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be in a situation where we can actually quite enjoy the fact that maybe Celtic fans felt a bit optimistic today. Felt as if they were back and the 10 in a row was back on you know, for this season. I, f- I feel as if there's so much weighing on uh, Tuesday night that there almost had to be a bit of bleed through, a bit of kind of... Yeah, a bit of take back. Their minds were on something else, and this we think. I mean, like you know, Morelis, you know, the incident with Charlie Mulgrew. Mulgrew could have been sent off quite easily. Um, you know, Kamar Roof losing him just before the game. That's that, that's that's massive as well. But to me, they just seemed to be a general kind of. They weren't scared. They weren't being lazy, but they seemed a bit disinterested. The whole team seemed a, a slightly kind of like almost like they couldn't be bothered because they had bigger things to think about. We'll find out if we don't win in Tuesday. If we go out on Tuesday, then everything. Then, then we can be really worried. But I can't help thinking. I can't help think we can't really judge fully what's happened until we see what happens on Tuesday night. Yeah, that's a good a good take on it. Um, Dougie, Alec mentioned there, Charlie Mulgrew. It's something that uh, you know the one of from our perspective, the biggest talking point of the game, other than the you know the luck and the ricochet for their goal. Um, so Morelos gets to break the ball through on goal, pulled back by Charlie Mulgrew. Charlie McGrew, who I thought actually had a good game up until that point, and I was disappointed to, to say that you could see the amount of effort that boy was putting in. Um, but he pulls him back, referee gives a yellow card. Split opinion, I think it's fair to say. 
uh, in your opinion, was, was that a red card? Yes. I don't think anyone else is going to, is going to catch Morelos once he gets away. Even Ayer wouldn't have caught Morelos as he's bursting through in goal there. Um, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a pretty obvious red card and I think Charlie Mulgrew got, got lucky. Um, but I think it shows you the difference between the Rangers and the Celtic fans. You know, Alex and I are sitting there raging about our performance and analysing the performance and, and talking about how the performance wasn't good enough. We haven't once mentioned the referee. We've, we've, we've not claimed any conspiracy, conspiracies. We're purely focused on, on ourselves and, and how we get ourselves out of this, um, this slump of two, two defeats. Um, Celtic fans, on the other hand, would be talking about conspiracies and, and probably it would be splashed all over the papers around how referees are against them. Um, for me, it's now on to the next game. Yeah, very good point. Uh, Alec, how about yourself? Penalty or, or uh, sorry, penalty, red card or yellow card? Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's obviously the, the, the conspiracy was last season because there was no fans uh, in, in, in the crowd. So the referees weren't scared to give Rangers all the decisions that, that, that we would get, like fair decisions like we should have got yesterday, you know. Um, an unfit Alfie. Uh, and by the way, talk, I, I, I think it was a red card. I think it was a red card. Um, but I can see why it wasn't. You know, I'm not going to go TT about it, you know, but um, as Doug is quite right, we, we, we just want to look at our own team. And I think... Going back to Alfred, what we were talking about earlier, um, I, I think the only thing, you're quite right to want to put it to bed, the whole kind of thing about him coming back early. And by the way, he's, he doesn't look as if he's put any weight on, you know, um, although nobody does compared to me after my summer holidays. But he, I think it's the manager. When the manager's actually saying, where is Alfie? We don't know. That's what, you know, it's, it's not completely without foundation that we're a bit worried about him. But it was a great relief having said to see him Run a bit of car park, you know, try to get yourself fit any way you could. Um, and then, you know, coming out yesterday and ready, ready to ready to play again. Seeing the pictures of him at training, quite happy. Because his Dougie's, I think he's a he's the number one line breaker we've got. He's but Kamal Roof is a close second. I think Kamal Roof is 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 up there with one of the you know kind of cleverest players we've ever had. Um but I think it was a red I think it was a red card yesterday. Um and also I think yeah, that's the other thing we've taken all this into account. Like Tuesday night. Last Tuesday night in Sweden, you know, we could have easily had a, a penalty or two. You know, it should have should really been a red card for the, that that uh, kind of assault on uh, right. Um, so you know, things are we're not going to, we're not going to get too down about stuff. You know, it is still early doors, and as Doogie was alluding to, I've I've gone through. So I've I've done the total hypocritical Rangers fan thing. And Tuesday night, I was saying, oh, we have to remember, last season it was September before we started playing in Europe. Our first European game was mid-September, you know, and that was that was Lincoln Red Imps because anybody that's anybody can beat Lincoln Red Imps at their own place. You know what I mean? It'd be embarrassing to lose to them in Gibraltar. But we, it was Willem Tway was the twenty seventh of September, you know, basically two months, two months further on, and the, the league season started the exact same weekend. So we were like seven weeks into of domestic games under our belt by the time we went to Willem Tway, who the, the first team we met at the kind of same standard as Malmo. And by the way, that's one of the most, I, feel, I still think that's one of the most underrated Rangers performances ever. Um, the, the, the pounding we gave Willem Tway in their home in their home ground, an Eredivisie team. And it's underrated because of the team Steven Gerrard has beaten before in Europe and the teams we beat straight after that. It was the 1st October we played Galatasaray. Um, so we're, we're immense in Europe. So I was thinking that's why we were up against a team that was kind of 13, 14 weeks into the season. We'd only we'd only had one league game. And then yesterday I'm saying, same as Dougie was saying yesterday, ah, but usually we get four rounds. Of, you know, we've played about four games in July in the qualifiers before we went. We're really just sharp on our league games because of Europe. You know, so 
I could go to look at it for both sides. I also think pre-season, um, I think you can read a lot into pre-season. You know, Doogie's, Doogie's doing that. Uh, I know a lot of people don't think there's, there's much to be to be gained from how he got on in pre-season, but through the years with Rangers, it really has counted. I mean, I mean we all talk about the, the famous ones, the game against Chelsea. We beat Chelsea 2-0 back in 2007. You know, the place was rocking. It was a great performance. Philip Sebo scores. And both teams that day lose the European finals, the two European club finals that season. You know, Manchester United beat Chelsea in the European Cup final. We lose the UEFA Cup final in, uh, in Manchester. And you look at like Mark Warburton, um, his first kind of big marquee friendly at Ibrox against Burnley. We get beat 1-0, but then we could see the shape. We could see what was happening. We looked fantastic. We're all really optimistic. A year later, he plays the same team. He's big pals with Sean Dyche. And I think it's only because he's pals with Sean Dyche that it was less than five or six nothing. They, uh, they were three nothing up in half an hour and we looked they looked like they went on and, and, and made it five or six um, like another team in Claret and Blue did to another Glasgow team uh, the other week. And I think we uh, we then realised it was things weren't going well and Warburton was away. And I think last season we were ruthless in pre-season. We never conceded a goal. We won the Viola Trophy. We were just unrelated. And then we took that into the season because Stephen G and this Rangers team, are they're momentum-based. It's all about momentum. And I almost feel that this pre-season, we're just beating Partick Thistle. We're losing at Prenton Park against Tranmere. Then we're beating Real Madrid. And I feel as if it's... We're beating Levy. Probably go 70 minutes without looking at scoring. We're losing uh, to Dundee United. That's a kind of Tranmere equivalent. And I think... Tuesday night is going to be a Real Madrid type friendly. I think it's the equivalent of that in European terms. I think it could be absolutely massive. So yeah, I, I seem to. You, I think you asked me Ross about the red card yesterday, and I've started to talk about Tuesday again. So that just proves uh, number one, I can't hold a thread, but number two, Tuesday's massive. <laughs> well, I promise, I promise, we're about to move on and talk about Tuesday. Um, the, the the very very last thing I want to say about about the game yesterday because I think it's time we put that to bed. Is uh, obviously Morelos was was a, a wee bit of a surprise. Uh, I, I, not a wee bit. He was it was a shock to see him in the starting lineup. Um, and you know, Gerard mentions before the game that that Kamar Rufus had to pull out the family issue. Rangers then tweet after the game that you know his, his, his young child is is in hospital at the moment. I don't really think we know much more than that at the point that we're recording this. But I mean, it goes without saying that. Everyone at Jersnet are, are all very, very much behind Kamar Rufus and his family at this point um, must be very, very difficult for, for him. Obviously, extended family not being in Glasgow. And um, yeah, really, really, everyone has uh, all of our thoughts with, with Kamar and his family at this point. Dougie, do you think that bringing Morelos in as a starter yesterday had much of an impact on the game? I mean, could we be sitting here talking about a different a different game if, if Ruth was, was available? I think you're right, first of all, in terms of what you said about Kamar Roof. Um, you're, you're spot on, Ross. Important in football, so we do send our best wishes to, to, his, to his family. Um, Roof was starting for me. Um, I, I don't think Morelos was going to start, so I think it was a late substitution, almost as late as Alex coming in today. Um, but I think it shows you um, where the other forwards are at right now. You know, Morelos has been running around a, a car park listening to the Rocky um, anthem. Um, and he's straight back in there. Um, we know how important Morelos is to our team, but when you've brought in a new striker like Sakala that, that everyone's very hyped about because we've seen some of the footage from his time at Roost End and um, pre-season, he looked, he looked the real deal. Um, and then you've got Big Itten that we've paid a couple of million for last season as well. These guys should be capable of stepping in um, when, when they need to be. 
we've spoken a lot about our strength and depth. And right now, I think there's a lot of people questioning our strength and depth because um, if anything was to happen to one of our top players, you know, an Alfredo Morelos, a Ryan Kent, is the, the next level that we, we do get excited about our strength and depth. If we were to bring in Scott Wright for Ryan Kent or Itten or Sakala for Morelos, would we be as strong? I think the answer to that is absolutely not. Um, so I think it's key um, to have Morelos back. Um, as we look ahead to the next couple of games, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to do that, it's very important that Morelos gets game time. Um, Morelos is just back. He, he unfortunately, for, for his sake, didn't get a lot of game time in the Copa America. Um, for him to be ready for Malmo, he needed to get some minutes. Um, I didn't think he was going to start, but I thought he would have come on as a sub. Um, important minutes to get under his belt for Morelos, and I'm sure that he's going to kick on now. If he's still here after the transfer window, because I do agree with what you said, Ross, um, around the, the dependency on European football. And um, one of the things that Alex said, which I think I'll just finish on, is I think that's hanging over a number of players. You know, you've got a number of players right now entering um, the final years of their contracts. Um, you've got um, Goldson, Arfield, Davis, McGregor, all in their last year. You know, there's been talk about Goldson in particular. Goldson was poor, by the way. Goldson was poor in, in, in the both uh, both games that we, we could beat. And in fact, both goals came down the right-hand side, which is typically strong for us in Tavin Goldson. There's been talk about the contract with Goldson. I, I think that that contract is dependent on European football. Um, there's a lot of players with two years to go. Morelos, Kent, Aribo, Kamara, Halander. That's all of our key players. And I would just echo what, what Alex said. I think I think the European football and this month in particular has got a huge influence on whether those players will still be Rangers players. Um, and I think they're thinking about that right now, probably overthinking it right now. And we really need to just get through against Malmo. If I'm not mistaken, if we get if we beat Malmo, I think there's a few million pounds in the coffers. Um, there certainly will be from um, the sales of tickets. Um, if we get through against Malmo, if we get beaten in the next round against either uh, Olympiakos or Ludogrets, we automatically go into the Europa League group stages. When we look back a couple of years, um, Europa League group stages was a difference between signing Ryan Kent or not. It was a difference between, there was rumours last season in uh, the Galatasaray game, that if we didn't beat Galatasaray, that um, we would have to have sold a key player. So I think there's a lot hanging on the balance on Tuesday night. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. Right, I think it's time that we uh, we move on and start looking at Tuesday. Before I do that, I just wanted to, in one moment, uh, talk about one of the partners that we have here at Jersnet, which is footballprizes.co.uk. Um, as you know, football prizes, they do excellent kind of raffles and um, and, and draws to win some, some really, really good, unique football and memorabilia. At the moment, they have a prize draw on the go for uh, a signed and framed uh, Rangers photo montage, as well as a... a, a uh, 2021-2022 Rangers shirt signed by James Pavanier. Um, looks really, really fantastic. So please do head over to the website at footballprizes.co.uk. 4.95 ticket. There's only 99 tickets being sold. Um, so please do head over. Also have a look at uh, the Jetsnet Twitter feeds, and you can get the link direct from there. Right, uh, Alec. Let's talk about Malmo. Um, now the, the gents who did the previous show on on Friday did a very, very good job of uh, of discussing. The performance that we had, and, and obviously we we've talked about it a little bit the performance that we had last week 
uh, over in Sweden. Um, very kind of disappointing result. And their additional match sharpness, I think, had a, a really telling impact. Um, if we look ahead to this coming Tuesday, what do Rangers need to do differently compared to what we did uh, on, on Tuesday to, to try and, and get the result? I think you're just looking at sharpness again, uh, Ross. I, I, I feel as if that was in the past two games. That's that that's been the problem. Except that in the Malmo game, we ended up being sharper than them. I, I talking earlier. I, I know I'm joking about being a jinx, but I actually tweeted at half time last Tuesday. The one good thing about we, we, we had a kind of, kind of disjointed performance. It was like yesterday. There was nothing to panic about, but there was just that underlining feeling that we weren't clicking. Well, the boys were talking about that on Friday night. Um, underlining feeling that we just weren't clicking it wasn't just quite going our way but to get to half time nil nil, which wasn't surprising because we'd, we'd kind of dominated the ball you know all in all um, I thought well one good thing about Steven Gerrard is they come out second half firing we usually come out second half and, and we, we go out all guns blazing um, and I'm worried about the last 10-20 minutes though because that's when Malmo's fitness there uh, the, the, the fellow Josep that we had on last week um, uh, from Sweden, he was absolutely fantastic. But that's what he was saying. They, they, that's how Malmo have done so well in this round uh, over the years because of the summer season. They're fitter, and it's the last twenty minutes that they'll 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 pin teams back and, and and drag themselves back into games they wouldn't normally win if if fitness was equal. But it worked out the other way. We were the two the two goals down, you know, within two second half minutes, you know, not, not even not even hit the 50 minute mark and we're two nothing down and then we end up, we've got them pinned into their box uh, for the last five, ten minutes, uh, five minutes of injury time and we just kept going and we get we get that goal which, although we're talking about two defeats in a row, I felt as if that kind of transformed uh, the tie. Uh, so I feel, I think, I think Tuesday is going to be such a singular performance, such a singular atmosphere, a singular moment and, Rangers history. It'll be, it's happening to all clubs. Dundee United maybe had a taste of it yesterday where they've got the fans back in numbers. I know we've had the pre-season friendlies and the crowds are getting bigger and bigger. But this is the moment. Everybody's back. It's my first game in 17 months. It's my, it's my first game since since Bayer Leverkusen. Um, and I didn't go to any pre-season friendlies for, for, for various reasons. But um, <laughs> I'm actually quite nervous about how I'm going to deal with it because I think it's just going to be overwhelming emotionally and Again, I'm I'm saying I hate to I hate to do this, but I have to be honest. I hate to tempt fate, but I have to be honest. I would not be surprised if we weren't three nothing up um, in the first half hour, four four by half time, Dougie, four nothing. You know, what I mean, I, I feel as if we're going to blow this team away. I really do, and I think it's it's not just it's not just because of the fact that players are all. You know, as we've been saying quite rightly, I think a lot of the negotiations are nice. They're nice negotiations. There's no kind of there's a lot of nice talk from the manager, a lot of nice talk from Connor Golds and what have you. It's it's because there's been an agreement made. You know, it's a Champions League. It's got to be Champions League football, and I think that's why there's a lot of talk yesterday. You know, the gaffer's talking about he's going to you know a few home truths and what have you, but I think they all know what's going on. You know, and by the way, we don't. I mean, you're quite right. I mean, our thoughts with Kamar Roof and his family. Hope everything's okay there. But you don't know what kind of effect that has. And a tight knit team that we've got, there's obviously a great, a great team spirit there. They're all, the vast majority, will be family men themselves. And if they find out, you know, one of their one of their mates, you know, one of their kids is is is, is in the hospital, that could have an effect as well in the whole team. 
But I think, I'm not, I wouldn't for one second use that as an excuse for the performance, but we don't really know what's going on. The only thing we can find, the only thing we, we can really be certain about is Tuesday is going, to be, is going to be absolutely massively different. Even what Prime Minister and various other politicians have been talking about, a, a Freedom Day and what have you, everybody's really keen for to, to be this moment where we beat a pandemic as if we beat the Germans during the war, it's going to be like a VE Day or something. Um, it was never going to work like that. It's been dribs and drabs. We're getting crowds getting back in slower and slower. But this is the moment. This is it here on, on Tuesday night. This is us all back in the stadium to tell Rangers, to give Rangers, I think, the thank you that they deserve for last season. I know we lost yesterday, but there's a thing they do in Italian football. Um, it's a just traditional thing. The most famous instances were at the, the San Siro when a, a Swedish player, Niels Liedholm, a, a, a legend with them, made a mistake. And um, oh, I've got Lily and Turam, who I saw playing against Rangers at Ibrox a couple of times. One of the, one of the most amazing defenders that the world's ever seen uh, did the same at Parma. They made a mistake. They slipped up and it cost their team a goal, a crucial goal. And the whole stadium got up on its feet and applauded them because it was the first mistake they'd seen these guys making. It was to say, your run of perfection has just come to an end and we thank you for your run of perfection. And that's, I, th I think there should be an element of that about what happened yesterday. Um, that was, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen Rangers going in a run like that, you know, in the league. And it was, it's, it's brought as a league title, arguably the most crucial league title in our history. And I think the fans instinctively want to thank the players for that, want to cheer the bloody rafters off for, the, for this team and for this manager of ours. And I think that might also have bled into performance. What we did last season could actually be weighing on the team's mind. They could actually be thinking, we've not really had the thanks that were due. I know it should be wages. I know we should be, we could be cynical about it. They're playing football for a living. But at this level, you need every little advantage. You need every little psychological tweak makes all the difference in the world. And I think these players must be feeling there's something kind of instinctively wrong. We've been told from the moment we arrived at this 55 meant the world to these people. And yet we've not had that explosion, that physical explosion of emotion in our faces that we kind of deserve and they do deserve it. And I think that's going to happen on Tuesday. And I just hope it's one of those magical nights where the, the emotion carries carries everybody away and that it is the moment these players have been waiting for. And that that's, the, the sharpness is just there. And that, as I say, I'm probably talking, I would, I would take a 1-0 sclaffed victory, then we beat them in penalties, you know, whatever. Um, but I think uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's just too much for Malmo, who are a team, as Joseph was saying last week, and they, they, they kind of they don't expect to lose, but they know Rangers are favourites. And if we can do what we haven't been doing the last two games is prove why we are favourites. Um, if we do that early doors, I think they will succumb to it. The, the only problem that I have, Alec, with what you've said there is that if we are not 3 0 up by half time, or if this all goes wrong tomorrow, this is being clipped and it will be put over Twitter. And it's not just your face that's on this now. It's me and Doogie as well. Um, and we'll have to suffer that alongside you. But um, well, we'll, we'll see. One of my questions was going to be, are you confident? I think you, you know, sort of just answered that one. Um, Doogie, one other sort of nuanced part of this is uh, that it's set against the backdrop of the illegal rule being scrapped. And I think that's a really interesting dynamic, actually, in, in the fact that we've gone away and we've lost 2-1. And, and it's times like this when we would be so grateful for the away goal rule because of goal tomorrow and, and win it 1-0 and we're through. How does that change the, the, the dynamic of the fixture and, and change how we approach the time tomorrow? Not tomorrow, Tuesday. I think we know what needs to be done. Um, any win, um, 
gives us either the, the chance of straight qualification or extra time. I think it's I think I think it's very obvious to the players what needs to be done. Um and when we go into Tuesday night, we need our big players to step up. And the reference point for me is Stephen Davis. Um you were just talking about Malmo there and you know the end of the end of the the game and their fitness and so forth. And we've spoken about our body language in the Dundee United game. They looked like they knew that Stephen Davis's goal was massive in, in, in the overall kind of outcome of this tie. Um, and Stephen Davis is the one player who really stepped up um, in that match um, over in Malmo. And, and, and I think what we really need when when they come to Glasgow is, is, is every one of our key players stepping up. We need to see your leaders, you know, um, I thought Hollander was excellent in the um, in the away game. Gerard referenced him uh, as having a Champions League level performance, and it was only really him and uh, it was only really him that was that was specifically um, called out. Um, we need more. We need we need all your your key players being called out. You need your back line being as solid as it's been all of last season. You need Davis performing in the middle of the park. You need Kent um, getting the ball, making things happen. And you need Morello sitting the uh, putting the ball in the back of the net. So we need we need big performances. Um, what I would touch on as well is is, is the players that are unavailable. Um, I think I think we need to keep adding the context again. You know the players that were unavailable in the first leg: um, Balogun, Jack, Kamara, Aribo, Haji, Morelos, Roof. Every single one of them would be in contention for a start. So one of the things I'd mentioned earlier on is Mamo were at their best. We need to see us at our best. And I think if we play our best, we go through. And there's, there's a couple of names I've just mentioned there who will start. Morelos, I think, will start. And I think that'll be a huge boost from um, from the last game. Um, but I think Aribo will start. And I think Aribo will give us a bit more creativity. Hopefully he starts in the midfield three because I think he's he's um, a, a little bit wasted when he's, he's in, in the forward three um, because we need somebody who can play that killer ball. And the thing that we've not really mentioned so far is, is the fact that Hadji's been missing because of yet another hatchet challenge in Scottish football that went with only a booking. Um, we've been without Hadji now for two key games. We've now lost two key games. Hadji is a player who was excelling in pre-season. He did have a fantastic game against uh, Livingston until he was taken off as well. Um, so I think these guys being back and being available will be massive for us. Um, the last thing I want to say... Um, Alex, you were talking about Parma there. You were talking about the atmosphere that you expect to happen at Ibrox. And, and I actually have that down in my notes right now, that whenever you speak to anybody about what's the biggest atmosphere that you've ever experienced at Ibrox, most fans of a certain generation will reference Parma. Parma's the game that um, that a lot of people will, will, will go back to and say that atmosphere that night was, was incredible. I want Tuesday night to be the game that a lot of the younger generation reference. Stephen Gerrard has pleaded for the Ibrook support to make the noise. I hope that after Tuesday night, everyone's talking about a brilliant performance in an atmosphere that goes down in history. Yeah, I think you're right. It has to be the, the last five minutes of the leg of Warsaw tie for, for 90 minutes. Um, because you know I'm, I'm part of that generation that, that never got to experience Parma. Um, I was alive for it. I remember it happening, but there was no way I was going to be an Ibrook on a night like that. Um, and there is a whole generation of fans, slightly younger than myself, who have had the most tortuous experience supporting Rangers. Um, now's, now's the time. Now is the time. I think the point that you make, Dougie, as well, about 
those key players coming back. And the one that I want to focus on is, is Morelos and the striking position because wherever Morelos is a player who his head can affect his performances. We've seen that in the past, right? Teams are interested in Morelos and he's switched off. He's not interested in playing anymore. And then the transfer window closes and he's like, okay, and I'll prove myself again. Wherever Morelos's head is now, because it's, it's a transfer window that has been interest allegedly from Porto, whether he's looking for a move uh, or he wants to win uh, the, the qualifiers and get into the Champions League, wherever his head is, he has to play well. Because if he wants his move, he needs to play well in Erna. If he wants to play in the Champions League, he needs to play well in Erna. Um, and I think that that can be really, really important in terms of making sure that he is firing. I think, I think he's absolutely crucial. Alec, we have a, a, a wealth of striking options. Maybe not all of them available uh, on Tuesday. We don't know the situation. Well, we do know the situation with Kamaru because he's still suspended. Um, but other than that, you know, with Morelos, with Sakala, Cedric Eaton, even Jermaine Defoe, is is Morelos the, the only option to start up front for you? I think so. I, I, I think so, Ross. Um, I would I would say the, the the only option, but yeah, he's 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 the man I would go with. Um, and part of it being he's he's got the minutes under his belt yesterday. As you say, he loves this. He loves the big stage. If he wants a move, this is the way to get it. You know, and Stevie G and him have both basically told us that he, he loves the European group stages because it's going to get him the move that he's always after. Um, and this is the this is the biggest of the biggest. This, this is the biggest tournament in world football. Um, if he can get us into it, and even doing well in the qualifying stages, um, we'll, we'll get him such a such a high profile. And also, Malmo haven't played against them. They don't know what they're going to get. They might have, they'll have seen the videos, they'll have seen the clips. But Big Alfie can ragdoll anybody. He can make it an absolute living nightmare um, for for anybody. And he will love the fact as I'm as I'm saying. Um, the atmosphere, I'm hoping it's going to be explosive. And if there's one man that reacts to that, if there's one man that will play along with Rangers atmosphere like that, it will be it will be Alfie. Um I think Dougie is, is you know always dangerous, you know, dangerous to get me talking about positive results, but also even more dangerous to get me talking about uh, old games. But uh, the Leeds Leeds United play the Battle of Britain, that's the loudest I've ever experienced Ibrox, which is weird because the, the two corners weren't infilled at that point. Still get it was it was a white noise in our uh, assistant manager shut us up within our current assistant manager shut us up within a minute of that um, my, in the Parma game I was actually there with two Italians I was there with my sister and uh, my sister-in-law my, my wife as well my sister-in-law at the time she was uh, teaching English in Milan and she was with her, she, her and her boyfriend were over on holiday somehow I managed to get them tickets the price being I had to go to the Western Closure but um, we were all in there together and I, I'd, they'd been over so long I, the previous week we'd played Hacker from Finland in the kind of qualifier. We'd played Parma the season before, they'd beat us in the, 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 the UEFA Cup, so it was great to see, we, we knew what we were up against as well. And I remember we beat Haka 3-1 or whatever it was at home, and we were, we were just kind of quite ordinary. And he's saying to me, Parma will kill you, Parma will kill you. And I'm like, ah, we'll see mate, we'll see. And I think that he's never been to a pack that he couldn't believe the transformation when he went the following week to see us in a, uh, in the big time, and I think this—I think the same thing applies this season. You know, it applies to Tuesday night the way we've started this season. Yeah, we're we're waiting for this, and I think Alfie would just segue into that atmosphere, that kind of explosive. This is the deal, Rangers, just beautifully. Look under Walter Smith, the nine in a row years and what have you. People forget the number of duff games like yesterday that we lost. You know, at the beginning of the season, it's it's where you are at the end of the season. I would be terrified about the last two results. 
if it wasn't if it wasn't for the fact that we had that league title under our belt. And I think um, Tuesday night we could. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. By the end of the game, we could have Sakala on. We could have Defoe. We could be getting guys on for a wee run out to get them fit for the next round. You know what I mean? Well, get them fit for the next round, or to segue into the next topic, get them fit for Friday night because it's not just it's not just Malmo, uh, but it's two sort of midweek games, I suppose, this this coming week with uh, with the visit from Fermland in the League Cup. Dougie, Stephen Gerrard clearly has a cup problem, right? And he's he's had six goals at it, and he's he's not been able to win any of them. So, how important is it that we take this that we take this seriously? You know that uh, like we say we have important league business with exceptionally important Champions League business. Is there a risk of us underestimating, undervaluing Dunfermline on, on Friday night? Um, I don't think Stephen Gerrard does have a cup problem. I think last season all eyes were on the league. I think all focus was on winning 55 and, dare I say, stopping the 10. And I think I think that's where our, our players' mentality was right in. Um, I think if you speak to most fans after the season and despite the 10 years before that's been, um, I think most fans are disappointed we didn't win at least a double. And I think that's because of, um, as what Alex has been saying, the whole podcast around the domination that we had over Scottish football last season and, and just how relentless we were in the league. I think a lot of people were disappointed we didn't get a double. I think that message has landed very loud and clear on Steven Gerrard. And it will, uh, you know, one of the things we've not spoken about is I think Gerrard will be making um, the past two performances very clear to, to his team right now that it's that it's unacceptable. And a lot of the new guys, like Lundstrom, probably is the one who, you know, has just went through a relegation battle with Sheffield United and went down. He's probably not really experienced the the pressure of needing to win every single game. Um, he made a comment. Um, you, you referenced his comment about COVID. He also made a comment around how we're getting ourselves up to speed still. Um, Walter Smith is famous for saying um, you're only two defeats away from a crisis at Rangers, um, and I think I think um, I think that's very apt at the moment. I think Stephen Gerrard will know that as well, and I think we'll go into Dunfermline knowing that we we want to win the cup, knowing that we've had a couple of shaky results and and. And I don't expect a huge amount of rotation, but I expect us, a bit like what Alex is saying about Malmo, I expect us to go in and really set a marker down against Infermline. Because as the games go on, our players are going to get more and more match fit. And I think with the match fitness, with the clarity from Europe, I think we are, um, we're, we're going to get a team that's prepared, right, rightfully, mentally, physically prepared for this game. Um, and, and, and I would just lastly touch on you know, Malmo were given a free weekend before they played um, Rangers over in, in Sweden. It's nothing like the Scottish Football Authorities to to, to set Rangers up with another midweek game um, in the same week as probably one of our most important ties in a decade um, financially and and on the park. So thank you very much to Scottish Football Authorities for that support and for, for your quintessential club. Um, let's hope we blow um, Malmo and Infermer at the water. We qualify for the group stages, we win the league and we win at least one cup. That, for me, is what a successful season looks like. Nothing less. Yeah, and, and that's that's such a good point, I think. you know, A, a lot of what we've done on this show, this show's uh, you know, running three or four years now, and every year that question of what is success comes up. And that's changed 
the question of what is success has changed season to season as 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 Rangers circumstances change and strength changes. But I, I agree. I think that a cup is pivotal to a successful season, and that's why I mean maybe we've done this a bit of a disservice by by giving Dunfermline ten minutes at the end of the show, but. Um, Winning a cup is crucial to a successful season. Now, you know, if, if, if we win the league against what is, regardless of today's result, a poor Celtic team with an untested manager and a, a, a chaotic backroom structure, um, winning the league but not winning either cup and then having the same being put out by St. Johnson as we did last year, that, that's not success anymore. Um, and Alec, to, to, to bring us home, what are your thoughts ahead of the, of the Dunfermline High on Friday? Um, yeah, I can't really think about it, to be honest, mate. I think it's, it's like, yeah, um, as, as Doogie's saying, the authorities are basically just saying, oh, you've got a big squad, right? Well, here you go, use it. You know, and I think we expected to field the, the second string uh, on Friday, which is shocking, you know, because I think Stevie G, um, it's quite like a thing. He, he had a problem winning the league. He couldn't win the league at Liverpool. That's what he's most famous for. And he's, he can't win cups at, uh, at Rangers. Um Look, he's six. He's he's six goals at it. He's actually got a bit of a problem getting to Hamden. We've only one semi final and and uh, and the final that we lost. I mean, we know what happened in that game. You know, um, we're never going to we're never going to condemn the the team for that. It's all part of the rise. It's all part of the coming back. Where we're coming back from was such a low that it's always going to be the growing pains are going to be painful. And I think the the cups. The time to win the cups and see them as being the arbiter of the as being a symbol of uh, success. It was always going to be proven that we were improving. Um, what is it's kind of gone. That moment's kind of gone. We need the cups now as a, as a status thing. It's Rangers' job to be winning cups. But I think that the league was everything. A lot, of, a lot of fans. We haven't, we haven't really enjoyed what we've done in Europe, which has been seminal in terms of in terms of Rangers' European history. What we've done in the past three years under Stephen Gerrard, particularly when you factor in where we've come from, is absolutely remarkable to be in the group stages at all and then to, to, to go further and further um, I think I'm more worried about again this is the, a clip that the psycho Celtic fans can, can take out but I'm more worried about uh, Friday than I am about Tuesday because I, I feel the whole talk of Rangers not like the, the, the James Tavernier programme notes for the game against Braga kind of misunderstood I think in a lot of ways but the pressure is games like yesterday this Rangers team responds to big game. They, they love proper pressure, as in we've got a fantastic record at Parkhead uh, against Celtic. The last time we played Celtic at Parkhead in front of a full crowd, a lot of talk these days about Rangers can't handle crowds being back. Well, the last time we played at a packed Parkhead against a much better Celtic team than last season's or this season's, we beat them. Do you know what I mean? And they, they got their penalty that they always won. You know, Braga... Their best, one of the best performances the season before last is is when we played Braga and we're two nothing down at Ibrox and it was we're out and they go and absolutely they batter in three goals against a team that we're expected to beat us anyway in, in, in the last half hour. It seems to be we love the big time. We go to we go to Decoit in Rotterdam. We go to Leisure Warsaw. We go to Villarreal. We don't lose. We go toe to toe. We love it. This team loves it. It's games like yesterday where it's like being here, done that, or we're just expected to win. That's what they can't handle. And I think we are quite poor. Um, against like said, games like against Trinidad, against Cowden beating the Scottish Cup, our first game back. Um, we don't really excel in these games. We're great against we're great against Cove Rangers last year in the Scottish Cup last season. The Scottish Cup, but that was the day we found out we'd be playing Celtic in the next round. I think the players went out and took that out on Cove Rangers because they couldn't wait to get Celtic and scalp them again. So I'm actually all the pressure's on in Tuesday. Um, and I think I'll, to, to balance out my uh, overconfidence about Tuesday, 
see if we pump Malmo on Tuesday. We're going straight out that League Cup on Friday, boys. Tell me. I think the, the, the sort of takeaway point from today's show is that Alec really cannot wait for Tuesday night. I mean, he's, he is getting, tomorrow's going to be a really long date for you. Like just, just waiting for Tuesday to roll around. As married men, as married men of my age always say, it's been so long. <laughs> you see, I can't comment. I don't remember Parma. I'm not that old. Gents, we have ticked over the hour. I think it's, it's probably fair to say that this is a safe point to, to wrap up the show. Um, as always, I want to say a, a massive thank you to Vivian and Alec for giving up their Sunday evenings to come and talk Rangers with me tonight. It's not the easiest night to do so, having, having lost that unbeaten run. Um, so I'm very, very grateful for them to, to come and give us their insight. A massive thank you as well to everyone who's been listening live and joined in with the YouTube stream. Um, really, really good to, to see so much engagement. The Jersey podcast will, of course, be back next week. Um, you, can, you can join us live every Friday, uh, every Sunday, I should say, uh, 9.30 on the, the Jersey YouTube channel. As I said at the top of the show, please do head over to the Jersnet website at jersnet.co.uk to crack on with the, uh, the very friendly discussion forum and the excellent content that we have over there. Rangers, of course, have, have two games coming up this week. Uh, we would normally have a week preview show on a Friday night looking ahead to the weekend's action. Uh, that might get bumped ahead to, to Thursday. We'll have to have a wee chat about that. But do keep your eyes on social media feeds to let you know when the next show will be dropping. But as always, we will be back next Sunday for the main flagship show. Thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, if you've not liked and subscribed, please make sure you do so. We will be back next week. Uh, have a great week and bye for now.